Yes, today I am rejoined by Lakers <laughs> Mason senior writer, Trevor Lane. Trevor, what's going on? How you been? Uh, doing good. Hanging in there and, uh, you know, doing it about as well as you can, given given the circumstances right now. Yeah, I know this COVID-19 epidemic is, is crazy right now, man. It gets everyone on a hiatus, not just basketball. Just go to hear your safe and everyone with you with safe, so that's all that really matters right now. Right. So how do you see your transition at the NBA coming back? Like, what do you um, think has to happen before they make a go of it? Well, I mean, you know, Adam Silver actually just a few moments ago finished up uh, his media availability, and uh, he mentioned a lot of things in there. He he said, you know, the safety of the players is paramount. That's something that they want to make sure. They want to make sure that there's testing available. They want to make sure that they that the virus is on a, a decline. And so those are the things that, that they're going to be looking for that, that have to happen uh, in order for the NBA to make a return now. Uh, when that's going to take place, you know, he, he reiterated several times that they don't know and they don't have all the information just yet. And so they can't say, so, um, you know, I would, I would say the one certainty it feels like is that there's not going to be fans in the audience whenever it does get going again. But, you know, I, I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later, but uh, right. at this point it's hard to really make any determination. Yeah. We all miss the game, but it has to be very careful about this step-by-step step because like if someone's asymptomatic and they don't know you have it, one person gets it, say they retire, they return the season. One place, mm-hmm. one person gets it in between the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. If you wind up with, um, say, you get into the first round or the second round of the playoffs, so the next thing you know, you have another outbreak. Uh, that's that's not good. That's not you know you're talking about suspending play all over again and all that. So the NBA has so many different hurdles to clear logistically. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough for them to, to figure all that out. But, you know, if there's a way to get it done, I'm confident they will figure it out. But uh, but it's not going to be easy, and I think it's going to look very different than the NBA we're used to. Yeah. Um, Keith Smith just made a good, a great article about where the NBA could, could come back to. Um, he said Disney World, which is a great idea because it's secluded. The location is great. They could block off roads. They have hotel accommodations, and they have stadiums with gyms that's already broadcast ready. I think that's a great idea. I saw that article, and I was like, this is a really good idea. Yeah, um, Keith Smith is a is a buddy of mine, and I'm, you know, from our, from our, I've had a ton of discussions with him. He's a, a great, great guy, and right. uh, he, he's, he worked for Disney for two decades, he knows that company inside and out. He lives in Florida, in Orlando. He knows his Disney World probably better than anybody else does. So he's very, very well aware of how great of a location that is. And if you read it, I've read that, that piece too, it, he presents a really, really good argument for why that would work out. And all I could say is if it, if it does wind up that way, the Lopez twins are going to be thrilled because they are, they are known for being giant Disney nerds. So uh, if that happens, then, then yeah, I think, I think the Lopez twins will be having a giant celebration if, if they do pick Disney World as, as the location for the NBA to return. Yeah, that'd be a desperate location. Uh, Mike Conley just won a horse competition. How did you think that went? The NBA tried to give us back something. I'm sure a lot of people watched it. A lot, a lot of, um, I think the biggest downside was the quality of the um, transmitting, but that was because they were like 
remote locations and people who like walk up with the phones and everything. But overall, I think he did a good idea. A good, it was a good idea that he did. Yeah, exactly. It was um, it was a good idea, and it was what they could do. But personally, I didn't find it all that entertaining. You know, like I, I'm definitely missing NBA basketball, and I still couldn't right. watch the whole thing. It just, um, you know, he got the the streams were were lagging, and it was kind yeah. of tough to follow and everything. But again, credit to credit to them for thinking outside the box and and trying something. You know, I I, I hope there'll be more things like this. Even if I, personally, I thought it fell a little bit flat, but yeah. you know, it's that's okay. They they tried something, and, and you got to give credit there. And then I'm sure they'll try something else next time. Bob. It's not easy to come up with with content right now when you can't actually get on the floor and play five on five or anything like that. Yeah, the Lakers before this hiatus, this unexpected hiatus, they were leading, <laughs> leading the West on the way to their first um, playoff return in six seasons, and then this happened. How do you see this layoff maybe hurting the Lakers? Um, you know, I I do think it. Um, Look, if out of every team in the league, I think this will impact the Lakers more than any team. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit biased in that, but uh, if the season winds up being canceled, right, you've got a 35-year-old LeBron James, you've got a Lakers team that has chemistry that has been gelling from day one, that had just beaten the Bucks, had just beaten the Clippers. They're probably their, their two big rivals for a championship. It felt like they were ramping things up and getting ready for the playoffs, and now – the rug gets pulled out from under you. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, this, is, this is bad for any team, right? This is bad across the board. But if you're the Warriors right now who know they're, they're tanking this season, they're hoping for a high draft pick, all the, you know, they're not going to be in the playoffs, they're looking ahead to next year, this doesn't sting as bad as it does for a Lakers team that knows that they have a very short window to win right now. So th- it's going to be a challenge, but – um, everything I've heard from the different players and, and things like that that we've, that we've heard from is that they are doing everything they can to try to stay on the same page and stay in shape and stay as ready as possible, even knowing that there's going to be a, a decline in the overall quality of play because of this, and there's just there's no getting around it. Yeah, a lot of, some, a lot of people think this might be LeBron's best, best shot with the Lakers because, like you said, they were leading the West and they were, they were really they had a lot of chemistry going on the floor. One player that went to the Lakers and accepted his role was Dwight Howard. Can we speak on his own play? But we all know he went there with the with the understanding that this has to work because he didn't have to sign him. So he fell in line quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Dwight Howard has been one of the, the feel-good stories of the season. Um I never would have guessed, never would have guessed that not only would Dwight Howard be back with the Lakers, but that he would become a fan favorite. Yeah. I mean, he was he was getting booed out of the building in Los Angeles because of him leaving for Houston to free agency all those years ago. Right. And now he's – it's not only been impressive that, that he's come back and that he's become a fan favorite, it's the way he's done it. Because it used to be, used to be that you had – the superstar version of Dwight Howard where he was demanding post-touches even though those weren't efficient. Every advanced stat will show you that Dwight Howard having the ball in the post with his back to the basket is not efficient offense. Uh, he's just not that, that good there as far as scoring the ball. Uh, you kind of had to do it. You had to throw in the ball and keep him happy and do all those sorts of things. Otherwise, you've got a, you know, kind of a pouting, angry Dwight Howard. This season, he's been the complete opposite. He hasn't cared one bit 
whether he plays five minutes or 25 minutes, whether he gets the ball in the post, whether he scores two points or 15 points, he does the dirty work, he battles, he rebounds, he blocks shots, he sets hard screens instead of slipping them like he used to almost every single play. Right. He has, I mean, his play has been night and day different than what we've seen before, and he's fully accepted being a role player in this league, and I give him all the credit in the world because to go from a superstar to a role player right. is a much, much more difficult transition mentally and physically on the floor for a player right. to make than I think a lot of people realize. So he has been – I'm so thrilled for him, for what he's accomplished this season. It's been been incredible. blows me away. Yeah, him and Zell McGee are definitely coming down to defense in the middle. So, <laughs> so I yeah. McGee too also. He also stepped up also with being – Can I say that again? I said Javel McGee also stepped up in a big role for the Lakers also. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, heading into the, you know, before DeMarcus Cousins was hurt, the assumption was that JaVale McGee was going to be the backup center, that DeMarcus Cousins was going to be the starting center yeah. on the, the team. That was what we were feeling. And um, and then that changed, and JaVale went back to being the starter. And even in a, a timeshare in what is a contract year for both him and Dwight, uh, JaVale yeah. has a player option for next season, they still have been on the same page. They've been supporting each other. There's no infighting or anything like that. Um, they've been they've been great. In fact, we've been on, on my show, we joke that they are the Lakers' two-headed monster, and they're, they're so similar in the yeah. way they defend and the way they play that we've just put them together and we call them Dwight and the Coward, and they're just they act <laughs> as one player. Right. <laughs> Anthony Davis, also on point to understand. We have to think after everything that um, transpired. I, believe, I don't think I don't think he has a reason to leave, but I think this season is a big, a big sample size of what could be of him taking over when LeBron retires. Yeah, you know, AD. You look around the league, and um, I mean, we've heard some positive things in the last few days about him coming. And hey, he's going to return to the Lakers. He's going to sign as a as a free agent, um, which is which is tremendous. That was, you know, the Lakers gave up so, so much in order to get him this last summer. And so it's about, you know, okay, we got to make sure we keep him. And, you know, things have gone as, as well as anybody could have helped. First place in the Western Conference, great record, great chemistry. LeBron and Davis are on the same page. Everything is lining up for Anthony Davis to stick around. But still, hearing the, the positive affirmation that it's, that it's probably going to happen has been great. Um, the one thing to keep an eye on here, though, and also the words that the Lakers have sold him about a future with the team, meaning beyond LeBron, which is also great. But um, the one thing to keep an eye on is, um, you know, Adam Silver just mentioned it, said the NBA's revenue is essentially zero at the moment, right. which means most likely you're going to see a drop in the salary cap unless an agreement gets reached with the Players Association where they can come somehow smooth out that drop or, or something. I mean, it, at this point, best case scenario best case scenario is the, the cap stays dead even at what it was at, or the drop is only a slight, but that wasn't what we were expecting last summer when you were expecting an increase in the salary cap. So the effect of that is you could see some players like Anthony Davis who have player options decide right. to then opt in, hoping that the cap will then rise the following year and then they'll, they'll have more money available to them. So, um, it's still possible for Anthony Davis to become a free agent this summer and then re-sign with the Lakers, but right. there's also the chance that he opts into his contract and plays out one more year on it and right. then hits free agency the following year. So that's something to keep an eye on also. So the Lakers roster has 
been moving and a lot of moves. Who would you say on the roster um, has benefited from the Lakers building around LeBron and on um, AD? Alex Caruso has become a fan's favorite. I mean, every night he's like a highlight of him on the floor. <laughs> I mean, him and Kyle Kuzma. I mean, I know Kyle Kuzma is um, is lovely because he's got a lot of veteran experience around him now. And it took some of the personal from, from last season, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is Alex Caruso has been tremendous. Um, and he's, he's a guy who does so much of it on the defensive end of the floor. So much of his value comes there. Um, yeah. So he has definitely benefited. He's, in fact, if you go in and you look into um, their net ratings and you look at players by grouping, and you can do all this on NBA.com, yeah. um, in terms of players that have received significant minutes, the highest-rated trio for, for the Lakers – uh, or duo anyway, is, is LeBron and Alex Caruso. It's not even LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's Alex Caruso, who all of his advanced stats are through the roof. He has right. been, been incredible, even if there's times where what he does doesn't stand out on the floor. Sometimes it does, like he had that big block yeah. on Monzo Ball and some dunks and things like that. But if you watch him off the ball, the way he plays defense, the way he can shut down other teams, yeah. it's really, really impressive. And for a guy that they signed at just a little over $2 million per season for these next two seasons, um, what a great story. What a great contract for the Lakers and battling up from the G League. Happy for his success. And I think, I think you're right. I think if there's anybody that's really benefited from playing alongside those guys, it's, it's Caruso. Yeah. Speaking of the G League, we all know we just made a big splash <laughs> getting Stephen Green and Isaiah Todd for the career pass. What, what's your thoughts on the NBA G League career pass? I think that um, – You know oh, – Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know um, – I thought I was I was excited to see that. First yeah. of all, I, I was glad to see there's another option out there for players, right? And I think the NBA they recognized when they saw Lamelo Ball go to Australia, like okay, yeah. hey, kids are kids are going to be looking to to make some money rather than go to college in some situations. If you know yeah. you're a top pick, being in college, you know all you're doing really when you're in college. If you already know you're one of the top guys in that class, if you're going to be a one, two, three, four, five pick, whatever. Right. All you're doing is risking injury. I mean, think back to when Zion blew out his shoe. Yeah. Like, if he had suffered a serious injury right then, he's he's risking hundreds of millions of dollars and not getting anything for it. So I can understand why these passes will become available. And then the NBA, I, you know, credit to them for seizing the opportunity to say, okay, well, if guys are not going to go to college, why don't we create a path for them to stay here right. that's actually lucrative enough to, to keep them here? And then you can develop that to be in the NBA. And what I love about it is the, the education part of it, about putting the players through. You know, there, there is a rookie transition program, but that's not, it's not all that extensive. I believe it's about a week to try to help yeah. rookies prepare for life in the NBA. And yeah. just in terms of managing money and managing fame and all of that, it takes a lot of time to figure all that stuff out. So I'm happy to see that that will be part of the program as well. But right. then Adam Silver mentioning in that press conference today that the end game for this is not this G League program. The end game, this is just a transition. The end game is actually high school players going straight into the NBA again and going back to the way it used to be back when we saw Kobe and Kevin Garnett. And I believe yeah, Andrew yeah, Bynum yeah. may have been the, been the last one. So that's yeah. what we're moving back towards. And, um, you know, again, credit to the NBA for being proactive and taking steps towards that. Yeah, I think unless you're a lead player like Jalen Green, I think some players might start to take the G League pass because unless you're going to like Duke or maybe Kentucky to play for a high profile mm-hmm. coach, 
and you're guaranteed to get that attention before gyms every night, I think this might be a good pass for them. I think it's going to be definitely yeah. players taking that route. So if the season is if the season's canceled, you think they should like give um the team the best record of the championship or just condense have a champion with the asterisk? I don't know. Like the playoffs are a different animal. So I yeah. think if the season gets canceled, that's it. I think there's there's no champion this season because again, it's so it's so different when you have to go through a playoff. I think to give somebody a champion like if let's say you're part of that team and right. you win that championship, do you really feel like you won the NBA championship knowing you didn't have to go through the playoffs or anything to, to get it? I think it would be a little bit bit hollow. So I would imagine that if the season gets canceled, for me personally, I would prefer there just to be no champion. Yeah, I would, I would go that route also. Also, if you know they try to like rush a playoff series, and it's a lot to go. They have a lot to think about because if you if you just rush the playoffs together and like have like maybe like a three like a three three like a three, um game series before you get to the championship. I think the champion might have an asterisk because a lot of people are talking about like have like one and one, one and guns like the um like the um NCAA. I don't think that would work in the NBA because any any team can have a bad night. The Lakers could lose to Sacramento, like if they try to throw like a wild format together. Anything's possible on one given night. We know over series the best team wins. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what you get. That's what you get in the NBA. You tend to have the better team come out on top because it's a seven-game series all the way through. Um, we've seen upsets with the former, with the way it used to be, with a five-round or five-game series in the first round. Uh, yeah. We saw some upsets then. If it goes to a three-game series, the, all you do when you decrease the number of games played is you increase the likelihood of an upset. Right? That's, yeah. that's what's happening. So if you go to a single game, then, yeah, one bad shooting night from one player yeah. could end your season. Okay, or, or conversely, one hot shooting night could uh, allow you to push past a team that is, is better than you. So, but the NBA also has to walk that fine line of how far out are we willing to push the schedule? You know, if the playoffs don't start till September, yeah. you know, then then what? So they've got to figure it out. Um, I'm hoping they'll be able to find a middle ground. I'd be surprised if we see a full playoffs like we used to, like the, the seven-game series all the way through. But yeah. we'll see what they ultimately settle on. Kawhi made the decision to go to the Clippers and not the Lakers, which would have <laughs> made another super team. So now it's like level field. Um, the Lakers and Clippers battled what, three times before they played it, and the Clippers won twice. How big of a mental edge that was, you think, that the Lakers gained back by getting that one win instead of letting the Clippers go up 3 uh, 0? I think it was significant. You know, I, I don't feel like the Clippers suddenly saw the Lakers as, oh, my gosh, we can't beat this team or anything like that. I'm not saying it was a giant mental edge. I think, if anything, it was more of a boost for the Lakers. I think the Clippers right. still feel confident they can beat the Lakers, but I think this yeah. proved to the Lakers that, hey, we can – you know, the first game the Lakers got bullied a little bit um, in yeah. their first meeting. And the second game, I thought the Lakers outplayed the Clippers for a good chunk of it, and right. then they let up in the final five, six minutes, and that really cost them, and then they, they struggled. Um, so this game, I thought, was proof that they can get out there and execute and do what they need to do in, in order to, to beat the Clippers. So um, if anything, I think the mental edge at this point is pretty even. Both teams know that they can beat the other one if the other yeah. one isn't playing at their best or if they if they are making mistakes. So 
I think it's a very, very close matchup, and I think that'll be one of the big disappointments is if the season gets canceled, not getting to see those two teams match up uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, because a lot of I'm wondering when to see a Wrestle Conference final between those two, but the seeding has to match up for that to happen. <laughs> but that would be yeah. great. That would be great. Battle of LA go to the finals. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, Trevor, thank you for joining me again on the NBA panel. Thank you for your time, man. Oh, hey, no problem, and uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Be safe, man. All right, you too. All right, right, thanks. Yes, that was Trevor Lane joining me kind of once again.